0: All right, we are here talking all things San Francisco 49ers football training camp is right around the corner, but today we're talking about Steve Young, his comments on Brock Purdy, and I got to listen to a little bit more to see what he said about Trey Lance as well. Also, elite physical traits, how important are they at the NFL level and San Francisco 49ers' top 50 players that they have, according to PFF? Where does the 49 roster stack up to the rest of the NFC, the NFL? We're going to talk about all that and more. Make sure that you hit the like button and subscribe
1: to this video.
0: Let's go, let's go, let's go. I hope everybody's having a great, great, great morning. I see the Flames coming in. Michael with the Five Flames. Jane with the Five Flames. <laughs> Niner Game Podcast. My guy Dion with the Flames. Everybody feeling good. And I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling pretty good as well because football is here. I'm not going to lie, y'all. Like, you know, talking about certain things with the, the 49ers and the storylines is fun, but ultimately, I just like talking football. I, I saw someone, uh, he's a, cow- a Dallas Cowboy guy, and he had asked a question on Twitter, are you a fan of a team or a fan of football? And obviously, I mean, we're fans of a team. But team or not, I am a fan of football. I love football. Um, if the 49ers aren't playing, I'm still sitting down on my couch watching football. If the 49ers just got blown up today, you know, they blew up the organization and they went away, I would still be a diehard fan of football. I love watching football. And it, I hope when I talk about these things, you guys can hear that. And, and I think a lot of people actually can, but they don't truly understand what it means or I think sometimes that's why I come off a certain way. I think that's what it is. It's like, well, why? No, Croc, why you say this and then you say that? Because look, I'm a fan of football first. I love football. All right. But anyways, we're going to get into some really good stuff here. Again, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe button. This show is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. And if you look in the description below, I have a link, man. You can sign up uh, using promo code CROCKY. And you see all the details right there below. Use promo code CROCKY to double your deposit up to $100. Man, Underdog Fantasy is about to really take off over the next month or so where you got the fantasy drafts with best ball format. You got the uh, higher lower picks. You have the predictions for the year, which already put up some – For my 49ers kind of predictions on what I think is going to happen with the over-under on their yards and all that type of stuff. So make sure you guys go to Underdog Fantasy or download the app underdogfantasy.com right now. And uh, use promo code CROCKY. Promo code CROCKY. All right, let's get into some stuff. All right, first we're going to start off with the 49ers top 50 players. And they actually have the most. In the entire NFL, all right. So 49 is top 50 players, the most in the NFL according to PFF. You got at three, Trent Williams. So Trent Williams, who was graded out as like the highest PFF player ever in the history of PFF last year, uh, he's third on their list. At coming in at six, you got Nick Bosa, uh, at 14, you got Fred Warner, at 39, you got George Kittle. 44, you got Christian McCaffrey, and 50, you got Debo Samuel, and I'm pretty sure a lot of 49 fans would probably say, "Uh, Christian McCaffrey, a little low on that list. Now, a lot of what PFF does is more of an analytically kind of driven list. It's not so much opinion, so I know just opinion, we would say Christian McCaffrey should be higher. How they go about making their list and the analytical way they go about it, I ain't really looking into that, but... The one thing that did – oh, and Debo Samuel at 50. The, the one thing that did stand out to me was just how many players – and I wanted to just talk about what does it mean? Like what does it mean that the San Francisco 49ers have six players in the top 50, the most in the entire NFL? And the thing I came away with first was Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch's eye for fit, all right? Not even just eye for talent because anybody can, uh, you know, put together – a talented roster. We've seen that before. I think it was the Philadelphia Eagles, they kind of dubbed it the the dream team. Was it, um, I want to say Vince Young has said that, right? And Vince Young, he wasn't even the starter. I think Mike Vick was. But they had put together a team, and they were like, oh, this is the dream team. And then they went out there didn't do well. Nandi Asamoah flopped. Uh, Just overall, the team didn't play well. So 49ers, they didn't just accumulate a bunch of talent. They accumulated the right Fit. And I think that starts with Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, and the way that they view guys fit on their team. We're going to get into a lot of talent and, uh, you know, traits and things like that as pertains to guys like playing well and what goes into that. And really that conversation is surrounding Brock Purdy. But I think when you look at the 49ers, you can look at holes in their team. And I think over the last few years, Unless the team is just injury riddled, it's interesting how it hasn't mattered that maybe at certain positions they don't have like these top-tier players. I see everybody kind of talk down on the 49ers and their roster. And all they do is continue to be a top team in the NFL. I get it. A lot of people upset about them maybe not winning the Super Bowl, and that is tough. But I'll tell you this because I'm a fan of football more than anything I enjoy watching the 49ers just compete. Just compete. Right now at the start of the season, I feel strongly that hey man, the 49ers they'll be in the NFC Championship game, right? They'll be in the divisional round. Like I know they'll have a shot and an opportunity to be in the Super Bowl. And there's a lot of people that just really can't say that. Uh you know, you look at Uh, I'm trying to think, Houston Texans, right? They're kind of in this rebuild. And I bet if you ask a Houston Texans fan, they're excited, but for different reasons. They want to see Bryce Young play. They want to see their, or Bryce Young, excuse me, he's on the Panthers, CJ Stroud. They want to see, the, the, the Texans want to see C.J. Stroud. And what does that look like with Damian Pierce? And what does it look like with some of the receivers they have, you know, and Mechie coming back and all oh, this defense, man, we got Will Anderson. So they're excited about seeing their young talent. You know, they got, they got Stingley last year. Like, what does that look like? The 49ers, though, they're excited for different reasons, all right, the fans. We're excited because we feel like there's a legit opportunity for the 49ers to really win the Super Bowl. And there's not a lot of people that can say that. And people talk down on the 49ers roster, I feel like, every year. Or they'll point to, well, you can't do this because they don't have a quarterback. Well, has it mattered that the 49ers haven't had a, quote-unquote, franchise quarterback over the last four years when they made the NFC Championship three different times? Now, you might be able to say, and I say you might be able to say, oh, uh, well... They won't win the Super Bowl because of quarterback position. And we'll we'll find that out. But I know one thing, regardless of who's at the quarterback spot, the 49ers, they're going to have a chance. Why? Because of the roster fit, the elite players, those six guys that are in the top 50, and then who surrounds them. So I know as we dive into the 49ers roster and camp battles and you look at that edge position and you're like, uh, you got Nick Bosa, but opposite him, like, what is Drake Jackson going to be? If he's not the guy, can it be the Farrell? Can it be Brian? Or can it be Kerry or Whoever it is, right? But there's like that question mark. Or, oh, look at the right tackle spot. And you got McKivitz And is he going to be good? Madden has him at like a 64 overall, right? Whatever it is, you're going to look at those spots. And there's going to be some question marks. But i tell you this. It doesn't matter. Now. When I say it doesn't matter, I don't mean it doesn't matter to be good because some of the people that are talking about the 49ers and how, oh, they got the top six, but it doesn't matter because they go, what? The 40- you're you're a Cowboy fan. You guys you guys lost to Brad Purdy in the, in this, uh, and you guys lost to uh, goddamn, uh, the Jimmy Garoppolo. So did it matter then that you didn't feel that those guys were franchise quarterbacks, but they still beat your team? So... I think that's, to me, the the interesting part with the 49ers and the way that they constructed this roster, man, a lot of talent, a lot of talent. But overall, it hasn't mattered to the point where it's something that's going to really, truly hold them back, wherever it is. And there are guys, uh, you know, around the league that might even have better quarterbacks. This is one thing I've realized over the last few years. Headed to the playoffs, as far as my confidence level in the 49ers quarterback position, not extremely high, as it pertains to, like, the other quarterbacks in the NFC. I would say that of the NFC quarterbacks, you might say the 49ers have the sixth or even seventh best quarterback in the playoffs, right? Like, you might say that. And if you said that, I wouldn't give you a whole lot of pushback. But the team is so good, and they're so well coached. That part of it doesn't matter. So when you see these people say, oh, well, they got a good roster, whatever, but the the quarterback position is going to hold them back. No, uh, no, it's not. It might hold them back from winning the whole thing. And why is that? Because at some point, like you need your quarterback kind of play above and beyond. And we'll see, you know, Brock Purdy, and we'll get to him on that. But overall, the 49ers, they're going to be good. They're going to be good. Now, I see Mike in the chat, and he's like, crock, that's crazy talk. Uh. And I know people are going to take it that way, but it, like, it's not. It's not. Heading into the playoffs, over the last few years, when you look at the, and I'm assuming you're talking about like where people might say the 49ers quarterback position is, probably not as high as other quarterbacks. That doesn't mean that the quarterbacks suck. That doesn't mean that they're not going to play well. Even Jimmy Garoppolo, I didn't think he was ever going to just like light it up in the playoffs. But I figured, you know what, Jimmy's going to play well enough for it this team and this coaching staff and all that, they're going to win games. And I felt like that last year, even with rookie Brock Purdy. And I thought he did very well against the Seahawks. And then obviously against the Dallas Cowboys, he did enough to help win that game, made some key throws down the stretch, you know. And boom, next thing you know, you are in the NFC Championship game. So there are people that are going to talk down on the 49ers and, uh, you know, it doesn't matter that you got this, you know, top 50 player, whatever ultimately, they will be good enough to win football games. So I look at this list and I see Trent Williams and Nick Bosa and Fred Warner, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel in the top 50, according to PFF, the most in the NFL. And I say, well, yeah, man, like Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, they have a terrific eye for talent and fit. And I think the fit part of it is most important. I'm going to dive into some of these comments here. I see everybody in the chat. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. I think I saw my guy Jesse up in here. Where's Jesse? Here we go. Shout out to my guy Jesse. Last second. Sports said, would you trade any two of them for an elite quarterback? That's what it all comes down to. Would I trade any two of Trent Williams, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel? Uh, yeah, I would. <laughs> so I see what you're saying. You're like, well, yeah, you have those guys, but you would trade them for another quarterback. And I know there's a lot of people that push back on that. Now, again, we don't know exactly what Brock Purdy is. So I'm saying that now when it's uh, July 24th, 2023, uh, at 8.46 a.m. Central Time. I, I can say that. Now, come week 10, I might be saying something different, right? Brock Purdy lighting it up, and he's a franchise. He looks like, man, this is a franchise quarterback. And I'd be like, maybe I wouldn't give him.
1: But as of right now, I was like,
0: yeah, I mean, kind of no burden. No burden. Here we go. We got Bomber T. The Super Bowl is overrated. The bandwagons just care about it. I just want to see my Niners play. So that's kind of, and I see Callie uh, Young, he disagrees. That's kind of my stance on it. And, and it's not to say that I don't want to see the 49ers win the Super Bowl, bro. I've been waiting since 1994, But I think there is something to, in the middle of the season, when a lot of people just feel like they have no chance. And 49, we've been there, right? As fans. 2016. I mean, come on, man. They won two games in the middle of the season. It's like, all right, who are they gonna draft number one overall or number two overall? And three out of the last four years, 49 is an NFC championship game, and you just feel like, got a chance. And I like that feeling. Of course, you want the Super Bowl. Of course. I'm pretty sure Bomber T won Super Bowl as well. But in a sense of having something to root for throughout the year, I think that's what he means by saying that it's overrated. That's what I'm assuming. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But, yes, a lot needs to go right for you to win the Super Bowl. A lot needs to go right for you to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Steve Young, he was talking with Mayoko, and he kind of goes on, and he says some things about Brock Purdy. But real quick, before we actually get into that, hold on. I'm gonna throw out some numbers here, and I want y'all to tell me who is this quarterback. All right, I'm gonna throw some numbers out. Eleven and three. All right, so this is this is an actual season. Uh, this this quarterback in recent years, I'll say last seven years. All right, this quarterback had this this season. He went eleven and three as a starter. Clearly, he didn't start the season as a started, but he started uh 14 games. All right, played in 15 games, started 14 games in a 16 game season. All right, went 11 and 3 in those games, com- completed 67.6 of his uh passes. So that was his completion percentage 67.6, do for 3,500 yards, 35 47. In those games, not, I mean, you know, again, he didn't start the full season. I assume if you kind of put that over a full season, that's over 4,000 yards. Uh, Touchdowns. Where's his touchdowns and INTs? Here we go. 22 touchdowns, seven picks. All right. So I'm going to say it again. This guy went 11 and three as a starter. Completed 67.6% of his passes. Threw for 3,500 yards. And again, this is in 14 starts. And 22 touchdowns, seven picks. Who is that quarterback? It is not It is not Nick Mullins. It is not Baker Mayfield. He also won a playoff game. He also won a playoff game. All right. So it's going to be hard for you all to guess who this is. Now, it's not Herbert. All right. Now, again, Herbert, I don't think they ever went 11-3 with Herbert. All right. So, now, let's talk about this guy before that year and after that year, okay? Before that year, he went four and five as a starter and only completed 60% of his passes. After that season, or after the 11-3 and three season, he went six and ten. He started the entire season. Went six and ten, completed 62% of his passes, 18 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. Like, what happened? What happened? And why is there this outlier season? It's not Wins, it's not Mariota, it's not Dak. It's not Brissette. It is Case Keenum. It's Case Keenum. So in 2017, Case Keenum had an amazing season and played extremely well, won a playoff game knocked off the Saints in the wild card round. Crazy game, right? Like that was the the Minnesota miracle. I think that's what they call it, where he threw the touchdown to Diggs and the guy missed and Diggs ran in through his helmet. That's like an epic picture as well. And I I, I say that because I start to – let's dive into some of the things that Steve Young said, all right? And then we're going to circle back around to this. Steve Young starts talking about Brock Purdy. And he says, Brock Purdy is, is an incredible, unique human being. And he says, I'm just not going to limit him. I'm not going to limit him. Just let him, let him loose. Let him cook. Those are his words. All right. Let, let Brock Purdy cook. And he talks about all the things that he likes about him, right? You know, he's talking about the, the processing and, uh, you know, all the, you know, he talks about all that, right? And I'm listening and I see on Twitter this conversation pops up. And somebody talks about, oh, yeah, well, Steve Young is not going to limit him, blah, blah. You don't need the big arm. You don't need this. You don't need that. He has the force. That's what Steve Young said. Shout out to David, David Yang in the chat. He said, yeah, he, he, got the, he got the force, right? And he compared it to, like, the Star Wars thing where it's kind of like this force. He's like, it's, it's so thick, like, the force and, and just what what he is. And I'm like, you know what, man, I hope, I hope Brock Purdy is that. I hope Brock Purdy is that. And I got to thinking, because somebody was like, well, Steve Young not going to limit him. I'm like, you know what? Just because Steve Young says he's not going to limit him, and you know, I stopped kind of giving takes on Twitter because it gets a little wild, right? But I'm like, just because Steve Young says he's not going to limit him, that doesn't mean that Brock Purdy doesn't have limitations. He does have physical limitations. My response was, even with physical limitations, you can work around those things, right? Like. Like I use an example with Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman was a uh six three corner, long athletic, played receiver, went to went to the cornerback position, was drafted fifth round because he didn't run as fast, right? 7", And that is a limitation. Like just not being fast at the cornerback position. But if you learn how to play around that, right? I was more of a four-five-five, five, four, five, seven type of guy as well. I didn't truly learn how to play around that at the highest level, right? And some of it has to do with scheme. I think Richard Sherman fell into the right scheme that uh, for him. I think the way he played, the way they used his strengths, I think they did an exceptional job of that. And next thing you know, Richard Sherman is a Hall of Fame player, right? I assume that he should be first ballot. I don't know what y'all think, but I think, I think he should be first ballot. But you can have these, quote-unquote, physical, limitations in a sense of like something that's not like this elite trait but still play very well. Now the the difference and this is why I brought Case Keenum in and obviously we'll talk about uh as well guys that don't have physical these elite physical traits right and they have to count on something else for it to like be good. A lot of times, you can play well, but even then, it's like your best can't touch the best of somebody that's more physically gifted, and that and that's just kind of like that's being realistic, right? Like Cam Newton, dude, Cam Newton, Cam Newton was he a complete a a career fifty eight percent completion percentage guy, right? Like, not the most accurate. I don't think anybody in here would be like, man, Cam Newton was hella accurate. No, he wasn't. (laughs) He wasn't. But Cam Newton, he just somehow, someway, in a season, or even over a stretch of a few years, he can be one of the best players in the NFL. While not being accurate. (laughs) How? It's because, bro, I am so physically gifted that even though I'm not elite at this accuracy, or maybe even some of the things that Steve Young was talking about, processing, all that, it doesn't matter because I'm hella fucking talented, <laughs> right? Like, it don't, it don't matter. So in this year, I can be league MVP and lead the Carolina Panthers to a 15-1 and record. And in this year, I can ha- get this a first-round buy, and, and you know we lose to the 49ers. And then this year, I can do this. And he going to the playoffs because he just has elite talent. And I look at the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think that uh, Jalen Hurts is this elite passer. Now, he can make some elite throws. But I don't think he's like this elite passer of the football. But situation matters. And some of the things that you can rely on, even when you don't have your fastball, can get you by. So we saw him. Man, if the throwing wasn't working, man, the running was going to work. I'm going to run. I'm going to do all these things. And next thing you know, MVP caliber season because I can rely on this right? So when I look at Brock Purdy and just watching him, right? And somebody was like, "Croc, what do you think? Why do you think he was like a 73 overall? Why do you think Brock Purdy is a 73 overall on Madden? That's disrespectful, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, it's tough because he doesn't have elite physical traits. Now, what does he do have? He might be an elite processor, right? Uh, you know, being able to throw with timing and rhythm and be consistently accurate, right? He can do all those things. And if he can continue to do those things, he can be really good. I always look at, you know, when we start trying to crown a guy as a franchise quarterback, you know, when he doesn't have his fastball what can he turn to? What does it look like, right? Like, can he create the explosive plays? And maybe he can. I think those are the things that I want to continue to see him do this year. But listening to Steve Young, and Steve Young's a hell of a lot smarter than me. Like, on the football field, off the football field, he's like this super mega mind type guy. So he knows what he's talking about. When he sees something, I believe him. But I don't watch enough football to where I'm like, you know what, Steve? You're all in. I, I might, I, I, I'm, I'm inching towards that, but I'm not going to be as all in as you. Because... I've seen where these guys, like Case Keenum and some of those guys, have these good years, you know, and it's just like, okay, that was a really good year, saw it, can't do it again. It's like, damn, Case Keenum just couldn't do it again. He just couldn't do it. Now, maybe it could be a situation, maybe that Minnesota Vikings game was tailored to the, you know, like, uh, uh, tailored to, to where Keenum could be the best version of him. And then once he left the Vikings and went to Denver, and then went to all these, and he's like, and he was not very good. And he's like, oh yeah, he is a backup, <laughs> you know. Uh, maybe that's what it was. But for whatever, in this system right now, I think Brock Purdy plays extremely well, and he does a really good job. And I see Axel say, hey, didn't Peacock say he has elite short area speed? I think he has very good short area quickness. I think he has very good short area quickness, and I think that helps. I think that definitely helps. Uh, as far as the playmaking a- aspect of it, if he didn't have it, we would probably look at him a lot like Nick Mullins, but he does have it, so he's not Nick Mullins. He's better than Nick Mullins. All right. Now we got uh Texas nine says, I hear you Croc, except expectations of what we got from Purdy last season could hit this season, but I don't think so. Hey, I think he-, he could. I think that Brock Purdy could very well repeat everything he did last year, and play very well. I think he could do it. I just don't know for sure. I'm just not as all in as young. Again, Steve Young knows a lot more than me. But I just have to see it again because I know when guys, when you don't have that one thing, I can consistently rely on. I have to rely on the mind. Like I have to rely on the – uh the processing and, and all that, and then the guy, that is just harder. And then the guys that do master that at the highest level, then they are really good. And now we're talking about Drew Brees category or Tom Brady and and, and May Brock has some of that, right? Where he's just like, I refuse to lose. I'm going to be really good. And I'm going to be consistent at this. And if he could do that, then we are talking about a Drew Brees or Tom Brady or something like that, right? But If it's not to that extent, then what does it look like? And that's the hard part. Right? Like if it's not, if it's not to, if he's not from the consistency standpoint, and I'm asking this, I'm asking y'all. All all right. If it's not to the point of Drew Brees and, and some of these guys, what what does it what does a step down look like? I think some people would, off the top of your head would be like, well, Kirk Cousins, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Carr, you know. I think kind of in that mode where Cousins probably out of those guys, just the most consistent, like the most consistent out of all those guys, doesn't get hurt, plays a lot of games, um, you know, develop the the big ball. I think Kirk's arm is better than, than Brock Purdy. I think Kirk is underrated with his speed, straight line, even though Brock Purdy definitely got him in the short area quickness. All right. Uh, Brock's worst is – that is – that's BS. Because you weren't saying that when Brock Purdy was – I mean, uh, when Nick Mullins was throwing for – against goddamn New York Jets and New York Giants, 300-and-something yards and multiple touchdowns. And Mullins, the disrespect towards Mullins, he was on the terrible – like, the team wasn't set up the same. Now, this isn't me uh, pinning Mullins against Brock. I don't want to come off as that. Like, at the end of the day, whatever. They are who they are. But I feel like Mullins, when we start talking about, like, kind of his situation, I think Mullins – is probably a lot closer to Brock than people want to admit. The biggest difference to me is M- Brock got a little bit more playmaking ability you know. Like, he's like, hey, let, let me uh, start moving around and make some plays where, uh eh, Mullins not really going to give you that. You know what I'm saying? He ain't going to give you that. I think that was a difference. And that's a big difference. That's a big difference. But Mullins, in the sense of like, if you were to say, man, why is Nick Mullins good? What makes Nick Mullins an NFL quarterback, right? I would I would say that a lot of the things that you would list off would be pretty much identical to Brock Purdy, except for that one thing, which is short area quickness, which makes Brock more of a playmaker. And that's it, that's a compliment. That's a compliment to Brock. I don't want anybody to think like, oh, you're just talking bad about Brock. Nah, man. Nah. But as far as, like, just them playing the quarterback position and a lot of things that you're going to point to first as to why, you know, Nick Mullins or Brock, like, who's better, whatever, like, it's very similar. <laughs> it's very similar. I think Brock, uh, uh, Nick Mullins processed well. Student of the game, no-nonsense type guy. I think it was pretty accurate. Didn't have the biggest arm, right? Like, it's, a lot of it's the same stuff. That's what led him to throw for the third most yards over the first 16 starts in NFL history. Mullen's not a bum from that standpoint. I think his biggest downfall is that hey, he didn't have George Kittle for a lot of the season. He didn't have Debo Samuel for a lot of season. He didn't have, you know, the number one defense for a lot of season. Nick Bosa got hurt. Solomon Thomas got hurt. It's like, bro, who okay? I gotta throw the ball to Brandon Naioke, okay, I'm going to throw the ball to Brandon Naioke. Okay, I got to throw it to Kendrick Bourne. Okay, I'm going to throw it to Kendrick Bourne. Okay, I got to do this for a whole season. Damn, that's kind of tough. Damn, I got no one defense. Damn, it's kind of tough. That's tough. Ultimately, again, and this is going back to Steve Young, I understand why Steve Young is all in on Brock. I personally can't wait to see this season. And I hope that Steve Young is right. Now, obviously, there is that uh, dark cloud looming. I think that's Trey Lance. And when I say dark cloud, I don't mean that in a bad way. I, I, it could be in a bad way over guys that just want Brock Prairie to start. But I am really excited to see, uh, you know, come Wednesday. And from there on, what does Trey Lance look like? And I just see this video of him throwing and, you know, it looks quicker, the throw motion looks quicker, and all that. No, that's cool when the live bullets start flying, you'll, you'll see right? Like, okay, is it really quicker, or is it just in a controlled setting? He's good with there, but uh, I, I wonder what Lance is gonna look like. And I'm rooting for the kid, I'm rooting for all the guys. Like, I want Brock to be good, I want uh, shoot, I want Sam Darnold to be good, man, fight on USC. I want Brock to be good. I like Trey Lance. I want all these guys to be good. Shoot, I want to see Jimmy Garoppolo play well. I am I started off this by saying I'm a football fan. So I always want to see everybody play well. I always want to see – shoot, I want to see Gino Smith play well. You know, obviously I was uh, on the Jets with him for a bit. But uh, I'm a football fan first and foremost, and I want to see everybody do well. And I want to see Lance. I would love to see that, especially when guys start down the guy or as much heat as Trey Lance has taken – on social media, I see it in the chat all the time. I see it on Twitter all the time. You got people that have dedicated social media accounts to point out any bad or flaw to Trey Lance. So I'm hoping Trey Lance kicks ass. I'm hoping Trey Lance kicks ass. And I would say the same for any quarterback that people doubt or, you know, she wants these guys do well. That's it. Hope everybody's doing well. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Click the link now. Here's the link so you can come on live and we can discuss just your thoughts on any of this. We talked about 49ers' top 50 players, which is Trent Williams, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. Are they one of the best units in the NFL, if not the best unit as a team? I saw someone say ESPN has the 49ers at eighth, eighth best roster. I bet if, the, if, they, if they felt like the 49ers had this solidified quarterback like where it's just like, this is the guy, right? They'd be higher on that list. I think they would be higher on that list. Again, we got Underdog Fantasy right there. Download Underdog Fantasy at your Apple store or wherever. you know. What, what is what is? I don't have an a Android the market store. What do, they, what do they call it? What do they call an Android one? I didn't know people really have Androids, but I guess they do. But anyways, I'm an Apple guy, so go to your Apple store, download the app, Underdog Fantasy, or go to underdogfantasy.com, and when you sign up, use a promo code CROCKY, and they'll double your initial deposit up to $100. The season is coming, so make sure you guys get on that. Please get on that. Underdog Fantasy, promo code CROCKY. All right. <laughs> My guy Jesse says, it's the Play Store. All right. Uh, Play Store. Play Store sounds, sounds a little kinky. I ain't going to lie. It sounds like uh, out in Stockton, you know, I'm from Stockton, you know, real 209. And uh, we got Susie's out there. They still got Susie's in Stockton? They still got Susie's? Susie's to me, like, that's a play store. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> they, they got a store out here in Little Rock, too. Uh, I'm a little bit away from Little Rock, but I fly into Little Rock. And every once in a while, you know, me and the wife take a trip to the little play store out there. Or oh, rock, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, make sure y'all, you know, you gotta have a little fun with it, with the uh, significant other. All right, we're gonna have a little bit of fun. uh Pause with my guy Dion. Dion, good morning, man. How you doing, bro?
2: What's good, Croc? How you been, brother? Oh man, you know I'm chilling.
0: I'm chilling. Um, your thoughts on Steve Young's comments? Steve Young, he's all in on Brock, and I see. I can see why. You know, it's just like man, he just has it here. I did bring up guys like. Case Keenum and I'm like I wonder what some like a Steve Young or anybody like just if you just take that Case Case Keenum season and be like man Steve what do you think about this would it sound a lot like what we just heard him say about Brock and and obviously that's without knowing the before and after from Case Keenum so uh, just just some of your thoughts on what Steve Young had to say
2: I mean at this point you know our, our Our ex quarterbacks commenting on our current quarterback situation. I truthfully just don't listen no more, man. Um, And the reason that I don't listen anymore is because it seems like they fall in line with the narrative that Trey Lance isn't the guy and he can't do anything. And that's, that annoys me and that bothers me that they always have faith in everybody else except Trey Lance. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Joe was talking about keeping Jimmy and why would you get rid of him? And he's a winner. And, you know, Steve Young been so back and forth, you know, on on his feelings on, okay, yeah, play Trey. Well, no, you know, Brock's done great play. Like at this point, I truthfully don't even care what they say anymore. I respect their football acumen, but their opinions, you know, Steve Young been too wishy washy for me, for my liking. Uh, Me personally, I've, I've stuck to this narrative, and I'm going to stick to this narrative. If Brock Purdy is fully healthy with no setbacks, he will be our starter week one. If he has any setbacks or if he's not fully ready to go, it's going to be Trey Lance. Anybody out there thinking that Sam Darnold has a chance, I need you to stop smoking, whatever you're smoking, and get over it. Because it kills me that people think that he's actually ahead of Trey Lance in any way, shape, or form. We've all seen what Sam Darnold can be and I know a lot of people get on me about this narrative, but USC quarterbacks in the NFL don't work out. The only USC quarterback in the league that meant anything over the past several years, just in recent memory, was Carson Palmer. And Palmer didn't even, uh, you know, barely win a playoff game. Honestly, if you want to look at it from a standpoint, it's Mister Butt Fumble that's more relevant than any of the USC quarterbacks that have come out ever. Why? Hey, now I will say after being on the team,
0: he went to uh,
2: to two AFC championship games back to back with
0: uh, with with Mark Sanchez, and they did they did go to two AFC championship games, and that's the part right there, right? Went to an AFC championship, went to two straight like to start his career. it is. and if you look at those, right. You might think like, oh, man, like AFC championship games, like all he does is win, right? We mm-hmm. kind of hear that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they actually beat the uh, Patriots. Yep. But look at the situation for him during that time. They leaned yep. on the run game with Leaning Green and, and, and Tomlinson or whoever else they mm-hmm. had, right? They leaned yep. on the run game, uh, and they leaned on a stout defense.
2: Defense, yeah. That yep. was
0: the recipe for a guy yep. like Mark Sanchez, who was not yep. a great NFL quarterback. Able to go yeah. to back-to-back AFC championship games to start his career. And when I look at Brock, and, and I get it, uh, it, it it comes off as, hate. I'm not I'm not hating. Yeah. It feels like when I just watch him, it feels like he's more of that caliber of guy. Yeah. And that, that's not a knock. I think as long as the 49ers mm-hmm. are good around him, he's going to be solid. Yeah. all right, like, He's going to be good. But yeah. uh, here's another USC quarterback right here. Do I think that Brock is like Caleb
2: Williams? If okay, yeah, first of all, first of all, let me let me get at you. When Caleb Williams win a Super Bowl, when he win a playoff game, come holla at your boy. Because look at the long history. I'm telling you this, and I'm only saying this because this is a fact. You can't dispute facts, people. Facts don't care about your feelings, okay? You might be a USC fan, and that's great. Y'all turn out talent across the board. The only position y'all don't turn on talent is quarterback. I think the quarterback is the hardest position. It, and it and is. that's
0: why if I am Steve Young or anybody else, like, I'm high on Brock because I just know how hard it is to win at the NFL level and Brock came in Very. and they won it's seven great games. Like, that's hard to do. So when you heart. talk about USC quarterbacks, it's like, it's it's hard. Like, Palmer, Palmer was good.
2: I'll say, I'll say this.
0: He went to an NFC championship game, yeah. didn't he? With the with the Arizona Cardinals? No. Yeah, yeah, he did.
2: Carson Palmer? Yes. Oh shit. He well, you know what? Yeah, I forgot when he was with the Cardinals, he actually won. There you go. So he, he did some things, but I, I'm still I'm I'm just saying, put it like this. Part of the reason that I state what I state is number one, it's a fact. No USC quarterback has ever won a Super Bowl. Don't believe me? Look it up. I'm just telling you this is this is the truth of it. There's like literally the quarterbacks that win Super Bowls are from random ass colleges. No one specifically comes from one college and just keeps winning. There is no there's no team in college that has. I a think Super
0: that goes to show just how difficult, how hard it is. is to win. It's
2: Super really hard. But my thing with the whole Brock and Trey Lance situation. I stick to stick to what I state and I guarantee you that's going to come to fruition. You know what I'm saying? For me, my biggest thing with Sam Darnold is I've seen him. I know what he is and I don't trust him. He sees ghosts on the field and I don't trust everybody thinks that magically because you come into Kyle Shanahan system, you're fantastic and you're great. You know what Kyle Shanahan does? He makes running backs, but he makes running backs that he doesn't draft because he sucks at drafting running backs. His- Picks for running backs are horrible. And if you don't believe me, go look that up because I can guarantee you the long list of people that he's drafted as running backs have done nothing. Look at TDP. You seen anything out of him? Nope. Look at Trey Sermon. Got cut. Look at the last few running – any running back that he touches in the draft is worthless. But when you come in as a oh, UDSA – Or free agent. Elijah Mitchell got glass knees. He 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 can't stay on the field. You would love for Elijah Mitchell to be on the field. You know why? Six yards a carry? Who doesn't want that? You can't stay healthy. A couple days ago, they said somebody somebody sent this to me and they know they did it on purpose. They sent it to me. They said, Hey D, uh Jalen Hurd tried out for for the uh the Texans. I'm like, for what? He ain't gonna do he ain't gonna never hit the field. The man know his back is not. It, it, it is what it is. But once again, people can be upset with what I'm saying. These are facts, not disputable. At the end of the day, it's either Brock Purdy, if fully healthy, or Trey Lance. Just delete Sam Darnold out of, this, out of the equation because he's not going to be that guy. If Sam Darnold is in, there is a problem. That All right, is okay, not so a we, good thing.
0: To, we don't have to keep going on Sam Darnold because like because gotcha. basically what you're telling me is it's irrelevant to discuss him. So uh, before Ready. I get to the next caller, yeah, just uh what do you want to see out of Trey Lance for training camp? Like right? just training camp starts. What are you looking forward to seeing from Lance? Because we won't want, be able to see 30. I don't think we won't see much I, of 30.
2: I would love to see the full starting offensive line in him for a start. Like, don't do this, this, this musical chairs with the O line consistently the whole time in front of Trey Lance, and then everybody gets to 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 crap on him. And oh, look, well, look how he performed. He was he was so horrible. He was, this, and you're rotating. Not even you don't even have the full line in front of him, outside of maybe Trent Williams because they'll give him vet days consistently. Second, I want to see him just be as consistent as possible. And third, I want to see him throw some good bombs. Hit Danny Gray. Hit uh that kid out of uh Michigan. Like, like find these dudes that have that speed and look at them and tell them, man, look, this is the play call. This is what you can do. I need you to get open because I'm gonna show them that this is not a game. I want Trey Lance to step up, show that all the things he's been doing in the offseason have been great and show his mechanics have improved and just show up and show out. I don't want anyone to have any doubt. I notice it's a hard sell because everybody already has doubt. Lots of people call him a bust and everything. But I want Trey Lance to walk in there and at a bare minimum, at a bare minimum, because I already know how Kyle works with his lying self. Prove everybody wrong. Shut the doubters up that at a bare minimum, I'm at least the number two. Because we all know how Kyle is. He ain't going to do nothing but go to the podium, omit, 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 to the till the day before game, the, the first game of the season. And then they're going to be like, well, who's your starter? Oh, well, I have to put this play card in, so now I have to tell you who it is. Because he just sits there and lies, and the media eats it up, and they're stupid. Y'all ain't read this dude by now? You haven't seen Kyle for years. You ain't started to understand his body language, and when he tell you the truth and when he not. Kyle ain't gonna tell you nothing. And, and the media is gonna run with this all the way up to the first game of the season. Quarterbacks, the 49ers don't know who their quarterback is. We've never, we, we'll never know. And then they will it, maybe it's Brock. We'll know, maybe it's no, no. At the end of the day, it is literally what I have stated. If fully healthy, ready to go, Brock is the guy. If not, they have to go to Trey Lance. If you go to Sam Darnold over Trey Lance, That 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 just tells me you just you that that proves my narrative that Kyle don't like black quarterbacks.
0: Oh man. All right, right. I hear you, Dion. I'll drop that bomb and I'm out. (laughs) I'm gonna get to the next caller, man. Appreciate you. I don't think that the issue is Kyle doesn't like black quarterbacks. I think and we've talked about this before. I believe that like anybody that orchestrates something, they want things done a very specific way. And I think that the way that Kyle wants things to be done, it takes a certain kind of quarterback to excel at that, especially at the highest level. And a lot of it has to do more with processing more so than just being a playmaker. And I mean just in the execution of the play. There was someone, and I'm about to get to you in a second, Case 49. uh, There was someone on Twitter that, had a, they wanted a, or opened up a discussion between the processing or being able to kind of or the football IQ of of uh, Joe Burrow in comparison to Patrick Mahomes, and I started to talk about how there are certain guys that, regardless of you know the IQ and whatever, they just don't have to rely on that. Or there's other things that can make them good. I talked about Cam Newton earlier. Cam Newton probably wasn't going to rely on being an elite passer or a you know accurate type guy. That wasn't going to be the thing that he held his hat on, or or hung his hat on. What's up, Romeo? What you doing out here? My wife's dog. All right. Uh, Cam Newton was going to be a playmaker, regardless of whether he's throwing the ball a bomb or taking off and making plays with his legs, whatever it was he was going to rely on being more of a playmaker than someone that's consistently going to play with timing and rhythm for an entire game. And I think Kyle Shanahan is looking for the opposite of Cam Newton. So, when you look at guys like uh, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, Burrow probably going to play a little bit more within this system of the you know just consistently be more more he's going to be more consistent with just doing those little things throughout the entirety of a game. And then he will make a play here and there with his legs. Like, we've seen that. Patrick Mahomes, he will bail on the play, and he does not care that he bails on the play. Now, within him bailing on the play, he's going to make a play off script. I think that would drive Kyle crazy, even though the re- re- results would be great. And when you look at Joe Burrow, I think that's more what Kyle will lean with. So I don't think it's so much about uh, black quarterback, white quarterback, or anything like that as it pertains to Trey Lam- uh, uh Uh, Kyle Shanahan I think he just wants his offense ran a very specific way like ideally he wants it done this way and I see my guy uh, last second last second last second sports Jesse says uh, Trey has zero issues processing getting through his reads he just needs to trust what he sees and know what he can get away with and obviously that takes playing time I, I, I agree I agree We got a Texas Niner here. He says, I've heard Steve say Trey has confidence issues. I think Trey has kind of talked about that as well, having like some issues with confidence. And I was like, yeah, look at the hell he's kind of been through. And, yeah, you're if his confidence didn't go up and down a little bit, I'd say this guy is not human. But he is human. So, you know, what he's had to go through with coming in and throwing a touchdown on his first NFL pass, And then the team saying, we don't want that guy in. We want Jimmy Garoppolo in. If that's truly what happened, that's what the reports are. You know, like, we don't want him in. We want, we want, don't do that, right? Like, that kind of would hurt your confidence a little bit when it's like, hey, I was third overall pick. Like, you can't utilize me. Um, And then coming in and getting hurt. And then, like, the doubts and then coming back and then getting hurt. And then, you know, the doubts and then Brock Purdy playing well. Like, I could see how his confidence would, Get a little shaken up, and, and you got to figure it out. You got to recover. Because if you don't, then you won't be in the NFL anymore. But the fact that he has some confidence issues, if he's kind of trying to figure that out and get it going, like, I, I, I understand. I understand. Can he come back from it? We got, uh, what is that, Patabo Hammer? Uh, do you guys think Trey can transfer all the practice from offseason to preseason and training camp, or do you guys think it's going to be hard? I think it's always going to be hard, right? Like, just – Learning new things and then being able to carry that over to the actual season, Uh, when them live bullets start flying, a lot of it's just repetitions. So not just like the reps in practice, but when he's not at practice, you know, is he at home going through his motion? We saw, uh, and pickle, can you put him on a hook outside or something? Why'd you let him out? Oh gosh, Well I can't you're gonna have to just put them outside. Just pick them up, put them outside. All right, anyways, sorry about that guys. Daddy daddy duties. My daughter wasn't supposed to take the dog out yet, and she did. All right, but ultimately, uh, some of the guys that I've seen have to kind of rework a lot of their mechanics. It takes more than just working on it in the summer. It takes understanding what it is that you have to do, where you have to improve, going through that, and then continuing to work on those things. And I I think I started to say, Patrick Mahomes, I watched Quarterback, an amazing show on Netflix. Watch it if you haven't watched it already. But one thing Patrick Mahomes does, man, he goes to these things and he works and he sees his trainer after they work on his speed and they ramp up stuff and he has this uh, whole routine that he does. And figuring out that, I think that, that, that kind of thing would help. Brock uh excuse me, Brad Birdie. that thing would help Trey Lance uh be more consistent. So he can work on those things in the off season. You got to keep working on it throughout this entire time. All right, here we go. Case 49, case 49, good morning. How you doing? Thanks for being patient.
1: Yeah, no doubt. What's going on? Cracky. How you doing, man? Oh man, you
0: know, chilling.
1: Yeah, doing good, man. Doing good. Yeah, man. I'm excited for the season, man. And um you know, just to go on the topic of the uh, Steve Young comments, you know, Steve Young, he was doing Steve Young, you know what I mean? Like, you know, he just, um, you know, came from announcing or whatever on, on ESPN. You know, he was bigging up everybody. He but he bigged up all three quarterbacks, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he had a lot of glowing stuff to say about Purdy. You know, he, t- he kept it 100 about Trey. He said, hey, man, somebody came in and stole your job. You know, you got to go take it back. You know, you got to try, you got to do everything you can to win your job back. And he's doing that right now. So he recognized that Trey is, is more focused in, in, in trying to get his job back. You know what I'm saying? He, he also said, don't sleep on Sam Darnold. So, you know, he was just bigging up all three quarterbacks doing what, what Steve does. Um, I'm more focused on what Shanahan was saying. Like when he was like, um, nothing is set in stone, you know what I mean? Like. Okay, hold on.
0: So there was an interview out there, and I bookmarked it on Twitter, but I forgot to read it. So is is that what you're alluding to?
1: Yeah, I'm thinking it came from um, the little uh, podcast that he had with McVay and McDaniel and all that, all of his uh, coaching tree. I think he had Mm -hmm. like an interview that had something to do with that. But he was like, yeah, I know everybody wants something set in stone when it comes to the quarterbacks, but there just isn't. Nothing is set in stone. And, I mean, he's kind of been like echoing the same thing ever since he's ever been asked about it like he's always said you know it's going to come down to the silent tape you know what i'm saying he said hey you know I, I like to think i make the decision on it but it's actually going to come down to what we see on tape and uh, when they actually asked him i mean i think it was mayoko in the press conference actually asked him if brock purdy comes back 100 percent healthy is there anything that trey lance can do to win his job back and he said Yeah, he said, it'll be very difficult, but it's not impossible. You see what I'm saying? He said he can win his job back. It'll be difficult, but it's not impossible. I've always thought that, you know, um, anything short of a Super Bowl victory here in San Francisco with the weapons and the team and the defense that we have, you could be replaced. You know what I'm saying? That quarterback, anything short of a Super Bowl victory. I mean, you know, Brock came in late. He took over a hot team. They were five on, on a five-game winning streak. You know, he played good with what he had. You know what I'm saying? Like, he had kiddos, CMC, everybody at his disposal. You know, that's not his fault. He just came in, next man up, took over what he had, and he played great until he went down to Philly. And, you know, you can debate what happened there. You know, uh, Croft blocking Hassan Redick didn't step in the pocket, whatever. The fact of the matter is we lost the game. And we didn't make it to the Super Bowl. So we flush all of that. You know, you're only as good as your last game in this league. You know, we flush all of that and we start over new. Like, I hear some stuff, you know, and I'm just, it just be bugging me out. You know what I mean? Like, I hear people say, well, we can all, I think we can all agree that Purdy played better than Trey last year. Is that right? Yeah. And everybody's like, yeah, we can agree. How? (laughs) what are you comparing it to? Are you comparing it to the monsoon game? Because other than the 15 snaps in Seattle, that's all he had. Like we really going to compare a game on the road week one in a monsoon. You know what I'm saying? Like with no Kittle, I think Jimmy Ward was missing. You know, the team had a million penalties on both sides. Debo was out of shape, out of position, running bad routes, fumbling on the goal, you know, fumbling in the red zone. Like, he threw one pick in the rain. It was a literal flood in the whole fourth quarter. He threw one pick in the rain, and we're holding that game against him?
0: I think that's what people – There are a lot of people that that don't care about context. It's just, you know, black and white. You know, and the 49ers lost to the Chicago Bears. So, you know, for for those people, the fact that it was a monsoon – you know, they don't they don't care about that. Right. You know, it's just, oh, uh, you lost. Right. I thought throughout through three quarters, he actually threw the ball very well. Right. And then the monsoon hit, and then he didn't throw well. <laughs> like, I right. as far as the black and white part, to me, threw the ball very well through three quarters, even though it was raining too. Threw the ball very well through three quarters, made some difficult throws, ran the ball well, and then the monsoon happened, and then he didn't throw the ball well. And he had drops, and you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it was like. But, hey, that's just – Adding a little bit of you know context, but there's a lot of people that don't care. Like you lost a game that you're not supposed to lose to the Chicago Bears, worst team in the NFL. So, and I understand that part of it too.
1: These are smart people that's saying it, man. Look, Trey, if you didn't know you was a black man, (laughs) know that you're black today, my man. You know what I'm saying? Like I know that you know you come from Minnesota, you spent some time in North Dakota. I don't know, maybe it's a little different, but today you're gonna know because they holding this monsoon game against you, they breaking it down. And uh, talking about, you know, you missing plays when Debo was out of position and stuff like that. Like, it was just crazy, man. Like, they holding that against him. Like, so what are we comparing it to? You know what I mean? If you compare it to the one game that he played with Kittle, where he was 70% completion percentage, and they won. So, is Purdy, because really, Purdy, Purdy has never played without Kittle. So, the only games you can really compare what Purdy has done is to the games at least, where Trey has had Kittle at his disposal. You see what I'm saying? Where he won. So has Purdy really played better than Trey in that context? You know what I mean? And this is the context that Shanahan is going to look at. You know, people can ignore it. They can listen to Albert Breer, and they can listen to Mark Slareth and Rappaport, whoever they want to listen to. But what really matters is what Kyle Shanahan says. And the man said nothing is set in stone. That includes even if Purdy is healthy week one. It's still not set in stone, you know. And it's like I heard something else. They were saying like, um, "Well, it might mess with the team's chemistry, you know. If Purdy's not the starter week one, if healthy, it'll mess with the team's the team's chemistry. Like, who who's going to revolt if Trey is starting week one? Debo? No. <laughs> are you? Is are you going to revolt if? Uh, Trey is starting week one? No, he might actually get the ball deep this time. Is um, Trent Williams going to revolt? No. You know So who are we talking about exactly? Like CMC, Like CMC, he's actually a running back that's making what he's worth. So <laughs> you know what I mean, he need to just relax and enjoy the game. He just got here. CMC is not going to say anything. You know, Kittle? Hey, Trey was just that tight in you. Kittle is already on record saying that, you know, uh, Trey is a starter in this league. You know, he looks better. He's confident. I don't think Kittle will revolt if Purdy's not the starter week one. I think him and Trey is building that chemistry right now. I think Trey has been building chemistry with the entire team ever since OTAs. And I think that chemistry is continuing. You know, I think they respect Trey's hard work. You know, how you bounce back after adversity. You know, I remember Fred Warner talking about you know, you're going to face adversity, you know, whether it's in the middle of the game, middle of the season, it's all about how you respond, how you write your story. And I think that the team is really respectful of what Trey, do, Trey is doing right now. You've heard Armstead talk about it, you know, but um, yeah, man, I'm excited, man. You know, we're going to see, man. We're going to see. We're but yeah, see. I want to give a little pushback on some of those narratives that Purdy undoubtedly played better than Trey and, you know, if healthy Purdy is undoubtedly the starter. That's not true, y'all. That's not true. I would Listen say
0: with that, and I'll take you off air now. I appreciate appreciate you calling in case forty-nine. No doubt. All right. Uh I would say that you know, Brock Purdy played well over, you know, seven, eight games, and uh, you know, Trey hasn't. So, you know, you know, like I think you know, for the black and white crowd, you know, you know, and even in my opinion you definitely know more about Brock Purdy than you do Trey Lance. And I think that there's a certain comfort level that that comes with that for, for everybody. Even if Trey Lance starts, let's say hypothetically speaking, Lance starts week one. I don't know how he's going to play. Now let's say Brock Purdy plays week one. I have more of a feeling of how I feel like Brock Purdy's going to play. And I think for most people, they would say probably play well enough to win the game. So, uh, you know, that's kind of I, – I think that's where it comes from with people, uh, you know, just feeling more comfortable with one quarterback or the other, all right? We got Mick, Mick – oh, oh, we got Proctor right here in the chat. He says, here, here is an issue I have with Shanahan running the pistol with Purdy. Uh, I don't think he'd really run the pistol with Purdy because I feel like Kyle has more confidence – that Brock Purdy would run his offense the way that he wants it ran to where he wouldn't have to run the pistol. And I don't think he has that same level of confidence in Trey Lance. Now, he also didn't have that same level of confidence in RG3. He also didn't have that same level of confidence in Donovan McNabb. So I don't think it's anything that's just like purely like a Trey Lance issue. I think it's just he doesn't feel like he's there yet. So, hey, we're going to create this kind of makeshift offense and we're going to do it this way uh and but if you can if he has the confidence that you can run it how he sees fit then he'll run it that way and Trey had certain uh, concepts that were very similar to his normal offense but he also added in the running stuff and maybe he'll tell you hey the you know the running stuff is an added element like that's a plus in in his opinion uh to be able to do that and i do think that Lance wasn't a great designed runner i think if you go back and watch the games it's probably better than we think in our minds, but he definitely was a, a good scrambler uh, at the quarterback position. But, uh, yeah, we didn't see a whole lot of that. All right, here we go. Justin Fields is waterproof. Lance is not. I don't think Lance – I don't think Fields was waterproof. I didn't think he threw as well as uh, Trey Lance in that game, and I don't think he ran as well as Trey Lance in the game. But he was waterproof or uh, excelled more than Trey Lance on two plays, and those two plays really kind of hurt the 49ers. So – there, there was that, and I think that ultimately led to them winning the game. And that's a great job by Justin Fields, who, hey, man, I, I, I'm excited to see uh, Justin Fields this year, and I hope he plays well. Again, I'm a football fan first, and Justin Fields is somebody I'm excited to watch this year. But in that game, I don't think he just played better than Trey Lance. I don't think he threw the ball better. I don't think he ran the ball better than Lance in that game. But he did make two plays that were better, and we saw that. Uh, Trey said Bears L was his fault, no excuses. Trey, if y'all haven't noticed, he's always going to look at himself first and put everything on his shoulder. He's the quarterback of the team, so he's going to always take the blame. Like, that was very clear Uh, with any time I've heard him speak, it's always about where he can improve and where he can get better. And I think that's part of the reason why a lot of the guys in the locker room love him. That's Kyle Yushek's words. And then we got 187 again. He says, Trey has to go. I'm sick of the Trey drama. You know what, man? Me too. I'm sick of it, too, and I wish Trey would go. Go somewhere where you have an opportunity to play without the expectations of having to win the Super Bowl uh, so you can, you know, get all the snaps and learn and all the play and, you know, get that and go somewhere where, you know, maybe they they might appreciate uh, whatever he has to go through a little bit more than you, 187, and the other fan base. So, hell yeah, man. Get Trey out of here so he can go somewhere else and uh, be a little bit more appreciated Appreciated. And have an opportunity, just a you know, legit opportunity. That's what I would see. I would love to see that. So yeah, I'm with you. Maybe for different reasons. Uh, appreciate everybody that's here right now in the chat. Hit the like button and subscribe to this video. Yes, sir. Hope everybody's having a great day. See, I see a uh, dynamite. Dave said, Yeah, let's trade Lance and have Sam lead us. <laughs> We'd be begging for Trey to come back. Oh no. Hey, I don't know. Uh, uh, I think that I, I I could see. I could see Sam doing well in the offense. He has some good stuff. But I don't know for a guy that has as much bad film out there. I mean, we're talking about fifty something games of just like not great. There sure is a lot of optimism around him, and he might do well. Hey, man, we'll we'll see. But the fact that there's so much optimism about a guy who you've seen play poorly for 50-plus games as opposed to a guy who has been up and down for three games. It's just interesting. It's interesting. It is interesting. All right, that's going to do it for this interesting show. I appreciate everybody that's in the chat, everybody that watched live, hit the like button, and subscribe to, this video. Subscribe to the video. Click the link below. we got Underdog Fantasy promo code Crocky. Uh, they'll double your deposit up to $100. And also, if you want the audio version of this, that link is below as well. Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your streaming platforms. All right, that's going to do it. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow and Wednesday. Let's go. I'm out. Peace.